0: This is Dragon Talk. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Dragon Talk. I'm Mark Griffiths for the Rexham Supporters Association's Football Commentary, and today I'll be looking forward to the game at Grays Athletic with a lot of background on them as well, as so it's been a tumultuous week for them. But firstly, I want look back at last weekend as well. A 3 2 win over Ebbs Fleece was a pretty odd experience, in all honesty. Where'd you begin? We didn't play that well, but we won. and. You know, you've got to remember that Everstreets are one of the pre-season promotion favourites, and they've had a decent start to the season too. And from what I've seen of them, they're a nice ball-playing side, better ball-playing side than us, in all honesty. And that does get me down a little bit, I admit, because I, I had a feeling he comes to the conference, and you know, hopefully, sides would look like better teams than us. Uh, I'm not so sure. I mean, Stevenage knocks it around well against us, even though we did the hammer them in the end. Likewise, uh, so does uh, Ebbsfleet. Having said that, we won. We won both those games. And I think there's a pattern for me where conference sides maybe aren't that great defensively and aren't that ruthless in front of goal, and that's not a bad thing for us. I think we've slipped a little bit in those respects. But then, let's be honest, after the last two seasons, we had a pretty low starting point, weren't we? And I think those sort of things are going our favour. Like I said, got to keep perspective here. We didn't play that well on Saturday, but we still won, and it was a big win as well, to my eyes. And perspective is the key thing, because there was a sense that the crowds were starting to turn on Saturday, wasn't there? The fans were getting a bit fractious. And that's something which, well, we can't afford to have happen. Not least, I think it's a little bit irrational. I can see why it happened, because after the last two years, I think the fans have been remarkably patient, I think they've finally got to a point now where they're not really willing to put up with all that much more. Right? I can understand that completely. But I think it was a bit misguided on Saturday. Because you know, here, real impatience with particular players, Louis, you hear the fans were, were desperate to <laughs> to turn on him a bit, I felt. Certainly sections of them were, and he'd make a, a, a mistake, not a glaring mistake, and you could hear a groan go around the grounds, and he just felt they were waiting for him to commit a howler so they could re- lose their tempers. But then he scored two goals and stairs. He's a top scorer in the conference, and it's a bit bizarre that we've got a top scorer in our league, and <laughs> we're having a bit of a pop. I mean, we're putting him is, into perspective, and I do accept he's got limitations. I mean, if you've listened to his podcast, you, you know that. Um, there are concerns, and, and I think only long-term can we really judge Louis, in all honesty. But having said that, I guess i put it in perspective. A lot of people, myself included, felt that Michael Proctor was badly treated when he was, well, told he was no longer needed in the summer. And my crux of my argument, and many others, was he'd scored 12 goals in the poor side, and that's a good achievement. Well, Louis's only five goals off matching that already, so I think we ought to cut him a bit of slack. He might have limitations, but he's got more than enough in his armoury to punish conference defences, I think. Paul-Ivan Macken's another case in point, and I I don't know, I feel strongly about this. I mean, okay, Macken is not going to work the ball around and control midfields like Fabregas. He's never going to be incisive and creative like our Sharvin. But, you know, he's an honest, hard worker. And seems to me that the main sin that he's guilty of is... Taking his chance Brian Little's decided to start the season with him whether right or wrong and you know Mackin's doing his best he's had some good games at least against Oxford and against Brushton. and I just feel well he needs to be given a bit more of a chance the lad's never going to be you know, sensational he's never going to be a match winner but he's an honest tryer And I'd rather people have a pop at somebody because they're lazy or did not really pull their finger out than because he's, you know, (laughs) limited. He can't help that. And he's trying to fulfill a particular role in the size and is doing okay at it. He's a bit up and down, but frankly, who isn't in this league and in our team at the moment. Anyway, let's look forward to Saturday. Interesting journey coming up, a nice long journey as well. I'm going to spend a long time on a train on Saturday. It's about 12 hours in total, it looks like. Going down to Greys as we go and play down there for the first time. A club in turmoil there. Owner-manager Mick Woodward. Yeah, owner-manager, always a sign for stability. Resigned on Saturday after they lost at walking, because some fans on the internet had claimed he pocketed the money from a transfer deal the week before. Not only that, he said he was going to sell up the club. In fact, at first there was an implication the club might just fold anyway. That's all been averted, and it seems in fact that he may not be leaving after all, at least not behind the scenes. So to find out a little bit more, I got in touch with Kevin Lamb who is the Vice Chairman of Grace. Gosh, you've had a busy a busy week, I guess, haven't you then? Yeah,
1: certainly has, yeah, since, since Saturday, it's been very busy. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Oh,
0: yes. I mean, how's the state of play now because things seem to be changing quite quickly since then, don't they?
2: Um yeah, um obviously Saturday I think it was a, a case of that was it, you know, um done and dusted. Um and then obviously in reflection on Sunday. Um obviously Mick, Mick's taking a reflection on Sunday. Um and he's he's he stepped down completely as manager now he has um he said put his hand up to it he's on bbc radio last night put his hand up to the mistake he should never been manager he says um but he's staying on as chairman um still pushing forward with our our new um hub hub idea which is what's going through at the moment for the feasibility study with the council because we're looking to move out of the um current um premises we're in yeah. we are um so Mick now actually stated he's staying on um we've got a mass meeting on well tomorrow actually tomorrow evening um with um Sorry, it's Thursday. Yeah, my watch isn't on me. It's Thursday. <laughs> um, yep, it's on Thursday. The, the meeting's on Thursday, um, which is a basically an open Q and A session. Um, again, Mick yesterday on the non-league has stated that you know if people do want him out, genuinely want him out, then fair enough, he will put his his share of the club up up for sale, um, and anybody who wants it can take it take it on. But he will still behind the scenes be carrying on pushing forward for our new um, our new venture, which is the, uh, the new stadium we're looking at.
0: Do you think that it's likely there'd be people in the wings or not? Because it seems that Mick's put an awful lot of himself into into helping Gray's to to come up this far. It seems to me.
2: Well, I, I, there's probably people in the wings, willing to take it on, but whether they've got the commitment and the yeah. passion that he's got um, is, is another thing. I mean, this is one of the reasons he has. You know, he, he has actually got a bit annoyed about it all because he does take things rather personally, which is, which is correct because you know he puts his heart and soul into the club. It is his his love. It is. So you know it's I, I say there probably are people out there that may may be willing to come in and take the club on, but whether they 've still got the pa- passion and the focus that mick has got um that 's only to be seen i'm obviously hoping he doesn't go um you know, i've worked with Mick for quite a while now, and uh, you know he, he say it he just he just eats and breathes and sleeps great athletic
0: and and tim o 'Shea and his coaching staff hopefully now can can turn things around because it would be a shame. With with all the hard work has clearly gone into Greece to, to to put yourselves where you are. If if it well as we know from our experience of a bad year or two, suddenly makes everything slip.
2: Oh, it, it does. Yeah, totally. I mean, again, I mean the, the end of last season. Um, you know, when when Mick took over um, at the end of last season, that took over the reins of manager. We you know we, we actually ended up in, in top ten spot, um, mm. continuing where we were. We, you know, we were languishing down towards the bottom when he took it back on, uh, and I think you know this season he thought, well, you know, I can carry on the impetus going. Um, obviously, it hasn't turned out that way. Um, but you know, with, with Tosh there, um, Tim O'Shea, um, Neil Smith, and, and Gary Phillips, you know, I'm sure we, I'm sure we will turn the fortunes around. It's it's not that we've been playing badly. We just we've not been not been scoring the goals. That's the problem.
0: And it'd be nice to get back to actual football on Saturday after all of this going on, I guess as well. <laughs> it, it, it
2: certainly, it certainly will be. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to the game, actually. It's like just sit back and watch some football. Because <laughs> <laughs> it, it has been rather traumatic and rather, rather hectic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously with the meeting on Thursday, you know, we'll get that out of the way. You know, hopefully, as I say, there won't be too many detractors and um, wanting Mick out, um, which I don't think there are, If looking at the forum now, we've actually got you know mass support for for Mick. So you know we'll just carry on going forward with the club. You know, as he said all the way along, he doesn't want to close Grey's Athletic down. Gray's Athletic has always got a place, um, whether he runs with it or somebody else runs with it, but it will always keep going.
0: Yeah. And and nice as well because we we'll, we'll bring a few, so nice as well. It'll put some money in the coffers as well because Wrexham always have a good away support down in London with all their their expats Wrexham fans down there. We'll bring a couple of hundreds. That that'll be nice as well, I think. That,
2: that that'll be fantastic actually because um, you know you've probably been, you've probably noticed that we've we've been lacking the crowds at at, yeah. at the moment. You know we we've gone down from being 1,500 down to six and a half to you know, on some occasions actually five and a half hundred, uh, and you know it, it, is, it is something that is missing. Um, I don't know what it is whether because we're not having such a good season now people are starting to walk away a bit. You, know, you get the feel good factor when you're winning week in week out. People will start venturing back, hoping to get back to those happy times again. It's always great when you've actually got an opposition that actually bring quite a few down who can actually make some noise as well.
0: Yeah, yeah they, they will do. Although <laughs> it turned a bit on Saturday to be negative noise. It'd be interesting to see how they're feeling, even though even though we won, the fans we've we've got our own disgruntled fans ourselves. So. All
2: right, <laughs> <laughs> we can have a competition. That's right. No, be interesting that. Oh, we can
0: we can outmoan most people. I'm quite sure. <laughs> You've not met a lot. <laughs> <laughs> the challenge is on. The goal has been yeah. thrown down. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so our, our top bloke he was. Nice fella. And uh, typifies an awful lot of what you find around in the conference. I got a, a second opinion. Another very helpful chap. Michael Casey, who has an excellent website. www.yourthurrock.com, Which looks at local issues. And which was <laughs> inundated of hits after he had the big news of the resignation of Woodward. In fact, it was his video interview after the match which broke the news. And it was about a very interesting article. You want to go and have a look on that website and, and look it up because it'll give you a lot of background as to what's going on at Graves. And so I managed to catch up with him to ask him his opinion of what's been going on down there. I was just going to ask you a bit about Graves and the situation over the last week's been a bit of fun and games, hasn't it, really? Yeah. It's been um, mobile, as they say. <laughs> the, uh, I mean... I guess it seems like Mick Woodward has brought you know drama with him since he first came to the club. Though I suppose is it no surprise that it seems like this happens.
1: Yes, I think um, you know I think Mick has been part of the solution to getting Grays out from the lower leagues um, in, in in in
0: in non-league
1: football, but he also finds himself with his nature of working, which could could be called you know control freak here i get authoritarian it also becomes part of the problem yeah. and so that he um, um he finds himself you know hugging people one second and alienating them the other
0: i mean certainly from a distance i mean you can see that he's he's done a lot of the club and he's like you said he's brought them from a much lower level um and yes, whenever you see somebody appoint themselves as manager from a distance, you always think, "Oh gosh, that that's going to end, you know, awkwardly." It, it seems to me. And well, uh, after the game on Saturday, it sounded like it was it, it could all fall apart.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I, I said in an article I wrote at the weekend, you said that as a journalist, you start thinking, Oh, my starting to repeat themselves?" And then you know, I did some work in Carlisle a few years ago with Michael Knighton. Mm. You know, yeah. and I, and when when Michael different roles he took on, I'm thinking. You know, it just just these clear things. This is not going to work. Mm. You know, you're, you're blurring boundaries and you're confusing people. And I have to remember that players, I like things very straightforward. Um, and, you know, Mick has just completely blurred the boundaries in this way. I think what, what he got confused becoming manager was that when he took over after Justin Edinburgh left, is that and they had a good run, you know, but it was an uneven playing field in which teams up the top were tightening up. And teams at the bottom were completely unpredictable, and so he, he mistook that as, as a, an indication that a team could be, you know, win the league next season. Well, it's far from it. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, what, what sort? I mean, what sort of ambitions would Graves hope for? Then? I mean, obviously, he, he seems to have, you know, high hopes. He's talked about the, the new stadium, of course. What what sort of aims do you think Graves would really aim for?
1: I think there are different aims. I think one is that they aim for League 2 status. There are teams down here uh, like Dagenham and Redbridge who have, who have got a League status and now have um, in their second season have been quite well. Um, but also there's the 2012 agenda uh, in that um, you're looking being so close, you know, within spitting distance of the Olympic site, and so saying there could be an opportunity for teams um, to um, ride on the back of that, so to speak, and um, of that agenda, um, and, and do well out of that. And um, I was about to say the property boom, but <laughs> <laughs> I spoke too soon. Um, and so, so those are the ambitions. Um, you know, there is that potential, you know, for another club um, to to make to bridge that gap and, and to leap up. But then, again, not just only to do with um, you know jumping up a league, but Having, having a bright new stadium and you can understand some of that great athletic as they, as they have now you know into their third season in the Blue Square, they go to Burton, they go to Oxford mm-hmm. um, and they look at all these new grounds and say, you know, we'd like to be part of that.
0: And, and at first, of course, you worry when, if he pulls the plug, that that sort of project can't go ahead, but it seems he's now making noises does he, he wants to stay at the club, is that right, until the new stadium's been sorted?
1: Yes, there's a lot of things still to be ironed out. Um, uh, he's got a, a he's got a, a Q&A with the fans on Thursday, eight o'clock, in which I'm not sure why he's having a Q&A. Um, some people call it democracy, and others might call it attention-seeking behaviour. Um, but yes, he said, "I'm not going to pull out until I found a buyer, and I'll stick by this plan, that plan, and um, uh, it's." you know, to again get people to shake heads and say, is this all part of the instability that the club is trying to get, you know, trying to get away from?
0: It's, I, I enjoyed your article on, is it com is, is your website? Just so yeah, that's right. The blog, and um, it was very informative, very interesting. Um, I just wonder, you did say that he's, you know, Sometimes you need an egomaniac to, to drag things through, and it, it seems this this clash between that and democracy is the problem. He it's it, you know he doesn't like people saying things on the message boards. He very much wants to be his own his own man.
1: Uh, absolutely, and it, you know that's why he's succeeded in business. And and um, you need somebody to drive through. And sometimes there are a lot of people who were quite in that sort of rose tinted specs. Um, would quite like the the Bovril and the pie and the 28 fans and 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 just chatting away on a forum about this and wittering, and you know, where he's saying he's trying to drag them through, you know. And Nick would like to see, you know, where the you know the, I think I'm actually I'm just going past where the uh, proposed sport new stadium would be, and and he wants it all done in a year, and then he comes across. Councillors who want to go to meeting after meeting after meeting, and it really frustrates him. He's a he wants to build it tomorrow and get it done and have it there, and that that energy, that energy has driven him through to be a millionaire, and, and I can understand his frustration in that in that way. It's probably a world, you know, the idea of 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 councillors and proposals such as probably quite alien, and that's what frustrates him.
0: I'm just thinking about the short term as well. I mean, on Saturday, uh, I've seen him saying about all oh, the fans should come out and, and roar the team on anyway. But what sort of thing can Rexham expect at Well, Obviously, the results have slipped a little bit. And you know, do you think this will hit them hard? Do you think the new coaches can make any impacts or, or, on the short term or not?
1: I, th- I think that'll be interesting to see. I think, um, I think A, for fans, um, I wouldn't expect more than 500 people there. That's the number now. Mm. And they seem to have lost the fans. Um, they rode a crest of the wave going from the conference south and then winning the FA Trophy and, and, and up to 1,500, 2,000. And then it's descended pretty quickly. Um, and I just don't know how they're going to get that back, uh, possibly with a stable manager who's going to bring success and playoffs again and he'll slowly get back up there. Uh, that's, that's the only way I, I can see that happening.
0: Is is the appointment of O'Shea a, a stopgap? Do you think, or is that a, a genuine move long term?
1: I, w- I would say that it's a in some ways it's a stopgap in that Tim has no managerial experience per se. Um, uh, but at the same time, I, I like his thinking. You know, he clearly is a a, a manager who who tries to look at, even when they lost four games in a row. He changed the formation to a 4-4-1-1, four, four, one, one, and I think it looked like his imprint. If he's allowed to put his imprint in quite a, a thinking uh, coach, then they may have a chance. But, but the trouble is, again, for all the signings, remember this is a team that's tra- had signed over 85 people in two years. Yeah. They look light in so many positions.
0: Mm-hmm. That's... Um... That's at least one positive thing. To say about the crowd, I think you'll get a bigger away following on on Saturday because we got a lot of active fans in London, so ah. we, we could well bring a couple of hundreds. I would, I'd be surprised if we didn't. To be honest, so well, that could be a, a boost to the coffers, if nothing else. I think. So. Oh
1: well, yes, that's good, and uh, I'm sure the uh, the Welsh fans would be very welcoming. Grace. <laughs> you
0: know? Well, we, we're enjoying ourselves, to be honest, in the conference. But we we are in some respects, obviously, we'd rather be in the football league, but um. Uh, having said that, I think that those of us who go to the way games are really enjoying the welcomes that we get at the clubs and and the fact that sometimes there's no segregation, which is a huge culture shock to everybody, but it's a lovely atmosphere, you know, compared yeah. to what we're used to.
1: Yeah, it's good. It's good in the... Um, and a lot of people really embrace, especially in terms of people to talk about players' wages, etc. There is a certain certain bonhomie in the, in the conference, you know, that... Uh, uh, is welcome, and, uh, but I think one the thing as well, with teams like Wrexham and Mansfield um, in the league, and I, I think a lot of people feel that this league, you've got to get out this season yeah. there are teams in say the Conference South like um, AFC Wimbledon mm. um, and Chelmsford is another team, you know, who if they come up, they'll bring, they'll, you know, these are teams on the rise and so this is often seen as a lot of people say get, if you're going to get out of the Conference, get out of this this year
0: because next year it would probably be very very tough mm. yeah it should be yeah, it should be interesting well I, I'm hoping we'll get out of the league but looking at the league position I, I hope you don't if you see what I mean <laughs> dig yeah, in there yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, that's absolutely fantastic Michael really brilliant that thank you I really appreciate it hey no problem that's no great. problem so it sounds like a, an interesting experience in Thurrock in, in, in Greys next Saturday Rex I'm looking for that elusive back-to-back win. Let's see if they can actually pull it off, if they can. It'll give them a little bit of a springboard. I know people were depressed when we were 13th in the conference this time last week, but it's all very concertina. There's a couple of wins, and you jump right back up there. And I guess when the side's in a bit of turmoil, that's an opportunity to be cruel and ruthless and achieve exactly that. Having said that, there's no guarantee, is there? Wrexham, too often in recent seasons, have played teams back into form, have gone places where you feel, oh, they're struggling and we've been the the weak side. (laughs) Look at Dagenham in the same neck of the woods at about this time last year. So, let's hope Wrexham can make those 12 hours on the train, well, not a totally wasted journey. See you next week for more Dragon Talk. Of course, you can subscribe on iTunes and keep looking on rexamfan.co.uk and we'll pop extra stuff up. I can tell you that next week, amongst other things, we'll be finding out from Grimsby Town exactly how our favourite son Richard Hope and Chris Llewellyn are getting on up at Blundell Park. This is Dragon Talk.